Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. We're concluding our series, All In. I've been talking about that a lot already this morning. I feel like, man, he's a broken record. All in, all in, all in. It's kind of important. It's kind of a big deal to really step into the idea of being all in. And so we're concluding that series this morning. And uh, next week, we've got, we got a new one for you. I'm really excited about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the service. We've talked about what it, uh, what it looks like to be all in. And what that means to be all in in our daily life. How that changes some things. And this is talked about a lot in scripture. Usually one kind of object lesson slash metaphor in the scripture. You have to understand something about what's going on in the Bible. Is It is an agrarian society. Everybody is used to growing crops. right? Some of us know what a farm is. Some of us go, I'm a city person. I don't do the whole farm thing, all right? It's just a, a, how we grow up, how we grew up, how we did. Some of us are city people who think we're farm people, and we really, really didn't do that. Um, but I, I've worked in a town, uh, Monroe City. Why it was a city, I have no idea. Population 500 people. The church I worked at was about uh, 250, 300 at the time. So we were the thing to do in town. Very easy to do youth ministry in a town where everyone already goes to your church, right? It's the only thing to do in South Knox County. Uh, so, and that's just what we did. Um, the nearest Walmart was about 20 minutes away. And I was going to the city of Vincennes, a town of about 8,000 people. Um, I loved my time in Monroe City, but they were farming people. They lived farming they, one of the, um, the secretary at the church, now she's the children's pastor, her husband uh, and his family grow a ton of the corn that's used in the Aztec uh, flour uh, tortillas. Um, that's, they got that contract while we were there. They were very excited about that. It's thousands and thousands of acres um, that they, they farm every day. And so there's a, there's a difference in the feeling of what the weather is going to do. It's not just like, oh, is, uh, you know, is it going to rain? Is traffic going to be bad today? That's what we think about. Oh, it snowed. Got to add another hour to my commute, which is a pain, but it doesn't dictate your life, right? So if it hasn't rained in three weeks and you're like, the crops are all going to die if we don't get the right amount of rain, and then if it rains too much, it's going to flood the fields, and da, 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 da. that's a different kind of lifestyle, and when you look in the scripture, that's the kind of lifestyle that's going on is everyone understands food. There wasn't a Walmart you could go to. It was like, oh, it's cool. Wally World will ship you know, food from across the world so that I can eat. That's just not how it's working. Maybe the rich in Rome could pull that off, but the poor are not going to be able to do that. And so everyone is very acquainted with uh, vineyards and with the way in which things grow and it, it, it dictates everything. So when uh, this idea of I am the vine, you are the branches, when Jesus chooses to use this, this word picture, everyone knows exactly what he's talking about. Now, I've seen pictures of Napa Valley. Um, I lived in California for a few years when I was a little boy. 
I have no idea how grapevines work. Like, that's not my thing. Um, I, I don't. But I talked to Paul Minch, um, and he was explaining how that all worked. Because Paul Minch is a gardener. His property had a huge garden. He did all kinds of stuff. He grew everything. What up? This year we're going to grow this, and this year we're going to grow this. And so I sat down with Paul a couple, really a month or two ago, and he was telling me all about how he used to grow grapes and how that worked and how pruning worked. I was like, oh, see, I have a Google knowledge of farming and horticulture, but he lived it. He's gotten his hands dirty, right? He's gotten the calluses. If I did farm work for a day, my hands would look like I got put them in a garbage disposal, right? That's just how he's got the calluses in the right spot because he knows what that looks like. All these guys would have shared that experience. And so when Jesus is talking about, I am the vine, you are the branches, he's inviting them into this moment of this is where you are. I know you understand this. We walk by it every day. We live it. Everyone needs these grapes. Everyone needs whatever's being grown. And this idea of, of pruning, of grafting, of understanding how to get the most fruit out of a process really uh, is, is shaped in their head. And so I want to invite you into that kind of idea this morning. Um, Paul jumps on this idea of the vine and branches. He uses it for an olive tree. When he uses this, this, um, this idea, he is uh, in Greece, which at that time, uh, an olive tree was the most popular fruit tree in the Mediterranean. So everyone would have known olive trees. And you do something about uh, grafting in. He's trying to talk to these guys about when you're grafted into the body of Christ, when you become a Christian, you all are Gentiles. Now, that's a funny word to us. Probably 99% of us are Gentiles. I don't know if there's any uh, homegrown Jewish people here in the room. If you are, mazel tov. Um, but for all the rest of us, all the rest of us, we're Gentiles, which just means we're not Jews. Okay. And so the idea that we're not this, this people uh, uh, of God from heredity, we are grafted into God's people, which means we're cut away from the, the body that we once were a part of and we're put in to the body of Christ. Now, what that means for us, especially when we talk about this idea of all in, is to say you cannot be grafted into a new tree and be still part of the old tree at the same time. This is not a retirement plan. You do not diversify, right? You don't go, oh, I've got accounts here and accounts here and accounts there. And you have friends and I have friends. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I read some stuff about... Um, the Quran, and I do some stuff with Buddha, and I do some stuff here, and do some stuff here, and do some stuff here. Like a, like a, a potluck of spirituality, I understand. But the problem with that is, that's not how this works. We are grafted from who we are, cut off, and then spliced into the body of Christ, wholly and completely. That all of our nutrients came from an old spot, and now they come from God. All of our sustenance used to come from outside sources, and now it comes from God. Does this make sense? Okay. And so the, 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 I know that's not necessarily the most popular thing. Well, everybody, my truth is this and all this fun stuff. The problem with that is the scripture is very clear of you are cut off, you are spliced in, grafted in, so that now your nutrients come. Um, 
this is incredibly important to understanding what, what it does for our lifestyle and how we deal uh, with life and how we look at it. And so today, I want to talk about uh, how Jesus is downloading this idea of the vine and the branches. John chapter 15, if you turn in your Bibles with me, on your electronic devices or actual paper Bibles. If you need a Bible, there's a Bible probably in the seats in front of you. Please feel free to pick that up. If you don't have a Bible at home, please take one of mine with you. If you have 16 at home and they're all collecting dust, don't take my Bible. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a bunch of third to fifth graders going downstairs to worship Jesus. That's pretty cool. Um, Or a herd of elephants. You pick. Uh, uh, John chapter 15, 1 through 10. Remember, here's a huge context thing for you when you're studying the scripture. Okay? This is a timing thing. We, in the way in which we read the Bible today, we don't read it chronologically very often. It's, I got this chunk. I'm going to eat this chunk. The Bible is such an amazing work of God that we can take little chunks, eat it, and go, oh, that was cool. The problem with that is we lose out. So first step, if you read a chunk of the scripture and you go, I have no idea what that's talking about, read the chapter before and read the chapter after. What are you doing? You're expanding your context. If you still go, no clue, what in the world is this talking about? Read another chapter before and read another chapter after. You're like, whoa, Jared, that's a lot of reading. You're reading the word of God. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) So just expand that because you want to put that in context, especially when we get to the gospels. There's lots of stuff that we just jump in and we're like, oh, that's an awesome sentence. It is an awesome sentence and it will change your life because it's the Bible and it's God's word and it's awesome. However, it gets even more awesomer. Yeah, I know. It's not a word. Uh, Awesomer. (laughs) It gets grander, more influential, more amazing when we expand that and go, oh, in context, this is even better. You look at the Sermon on the Mount. You can pick any sentence out of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's all mind-blowing, whoa, stuff. You put the Sermon on the Mount in a whole continuous context, it's amazing. Here, we have the same thing going on. John chapter 15, when you look at the book of John specifically, and if you're trying to start, you've been trying to start a Bible reading plan, you've been, I don't know where to start, I don't know where to start, I don't know where to start, start with the gospel of John, it's a fantastic place uh, for you to start. It, if you're a seasoned a veteran of the scripture, you will still have your mind blown. If you've never read the Bible before, it's a great place to start as well. It is, it's a easily accessible, but also very, very deep uh, book of the Bible. So anyway, the gospel of John. In John chapter 13, something very important happens. It is the last supper foot washing portion. So pre-John 13 is all before the uh, crucifixion of Christ. 13 is the last supper, and then we we build directly into the end of Jesus's life. So the tone of John changes at 13. What happens is Jesus is saying, and it should change for us as we're reading it. So if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, right? If I knew I was going to die tomorrow, my conversation with my wife would be very interesting today. My conversation with my children would be very interesting, wouldn't it? I, you know, plans would get canceled. We're going to chill. We're going to hang out. You know, Lucy's going to act up because she's three. And you're just going to, but I'm going to love on you in the most intimate ways I possibly can. I am going to download 
the most truth I possibly can. If I knew I was gone tomorrow. This is, so when you read John chapter 13, 14, 15, that's what that needs to go in your head when Jesus is speaking is Jesus is downloading the last thing he can say to these guys. So why is foot washing so important? Because Jesus, he's, he's, he's racking his brain in his infinite creativity and going, what object lessons can I give these guys that they, this is my last chance for them to understand what I'm doing. This is where we get communion, right? We get this because Jesus is like, okay, let's do this one. <laughs> All right, we're going to wash some feet. All right, now in John chapter 15, he's downloading this. This is after the dinner is over. Jesus, Peter's already, they've already gone through the thing of, I'll never deny you. Yeah, you will. Like we're, we're really deep into it. After this, we're going to go to the garden of Gethsemane and we're going to pray and the the boys are going to fall asleep (laughs) and uh, that's what's going to happen. But that's where we're at on that night. Okay. John chapter 15. So when you think about that, you got, you have to have that in context. This is a fantastic passage out of context, but in context, it's even more valuable. Does that make sense? I hope so. Uh, John chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now you might want to underline that while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Okay, so this is good stuff. But then if you think this must be really, 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 really important when it's the last things he's saying to his disciples. Does it? You guys catching that, okay? Remain in me. Because he is foreshadowing, I am going to be gone. These teenage boys are not getting that. They're like, well, what are you talking about? Right? But no, no, is he going on a trip? Like, he does this whole disappearing act every once in a while, but what, what's going on? Uh, you know, they're thinking that kind of thing. They're not expecting him actually to be crucified. They're still going, oh, Jesus is going to like, any day now, he's going to start this, this rebellion. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be his generals. He's like, no, 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 remain in me. And so we're going to go uh, through that. There's three major things that I want to pick on today. They are that we need to understand, to understand what it means to be all in like this, to be totally grafted into the vine. That if we are, if he is the vine and we are the branches to totally get all of our nutrients out of him, what does that look like? The first is we need to understand what fruit is. What fruit is. The second is what it means to be pruned and the third is what it means to remain or abide. I like the word abide. Some, my older NIV says abide. That's kind of an older word, but it's fun. Um, and it means a little bit more than just to remain. 
So those are the three words we're going to tackle today. What is fruit? What is spiritual fruit? To get, we talked a little bit about it, but to get um, spiritual fruit, what he says here, if you remain in me, where'd it go? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It's talking about the spiritual fruit. Now, the short answer to that is this. Spiritual fruit is moving yourself and those around you towards Christ. Spiritual fruit is moving yourself and those around you towards Christ. We make a big deal of fruit. What does that mean? What does that look like? I'm scared. what, what What does that mean for me? If we examine our lives, if we want to know, because for me, for a long time, I was like, am I going to get cut off and thrown in the fire? That does not sound pleasant. Right? That's, that's where my brain, I want to know the punishment so I can avoid the punishment. That's how my brain works, right? The positive part is that, no, 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 stay in me. You get to be fruitful. No, no, no. I'm more worried about the fire. And what do I have to do not to get thrown away? And honestly, what's the bare minimum? I've got to, like, do I have to have like three grapes? A bushel? Right? How much? That's not even the, it's such the wrong mindset. That Jesus probably would like Gibbs John if he would have asked that question, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, smack upside the head. Because it's not a how bare little do I get. I want to bear fruit. I want to be a part of a vine that is just gushing with grapes. Because what, is, what does fruit do? Fruit, the actual, it's nice for us to eat, to do, turn things into it, and to make grape juice, and to, uh, you know, do all the things that we do with, with fruit. But fruit is the reproductive system of these plants. This is how we make more. This is how we make more. This is how we make more. So what is spiritual fruit? It's bare minimum, simple form, moving yourself and those around you towards Christ. That is what we're doing. So if we look at our lives and we look at our, our faith and we look at the way in which we're conducting ourselves and we're not moving ourselves or anyone else around us towards Christ, we need to check our fruit. If you need the negative, (laughs) the great theologian, rapper of the 90s, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, Paul. (laughs) Yvonne knew where I was going before I even said the sentence. She's rolling her eyes uh, as I said the great theologian. She's like, no, he's not going to, he's going to do it. He's going to say it right now. (laughs) But moving yourself and those around you towards Christ, the long answer is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. This is where we're going to spend our next uh, few Sundays. I'm really excited about this. We've got some great theme songs going to come up. Um, got some kids' songs that maybe we need to sing on Sunday morning. I don't know. But it's this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance. It's kindness. It's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what is a long... And then you got to go, well, what's gentleness? What's self-control? What's... Forbearance, that's a fun word. What's joy? What's peace? What's love? We have to ask these questions, and that gets a really long answer. But if we're going to move ourselves and we're going to move others towards Christ, the examples in our life need to be the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, and the self-control. 
That's how we start to show others and show ourselves that we're going to change who we are. Is that easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. That's the long form. So that's going to take some weeks to explain. But the short answer is moving yourself and those around you towards Christ. Second word I want to explore today is to prune. And I think this is probably the number one. uh, You can tell who knows what they're doing gardening and who just watches HGTV by the amount that they prune. Because if I'm pruning something, normally, without any research, without talking to Paul, <laughs> if I'm that, doing that, I prune so it looks pretty today. Do you know that if you prune your bushes to look pretty today, they ain't going to be healthy? They're not. They'll be pretty today, and next year they'll grow a little bit more and they get bushier. But you know what they are? You, you can tell if you look at your neighbor's bushes, your bushes are all perfect. But your neighbor's bushes, if they've pruned them just to look pretty for today, if you open up the foliage and look down, they're all hollow on the inside. Now that right there will preach for a couple hours, but we'll, right? Because we just pruned to make it look pretty today. If you come to my house now and you look at my brushes on the front yard, as Bowen said, dad, dad, you killed them. <laughs> And that may have happened. We are aggressively pruning because we were hollow on the inside. We were a good home for the rabbits of the community. But there was no flowers. There was no fruits. There was, it was not doing what it needs to do. It was not healthy. Pruning is way more aggressive than we are comfortable with. But when we take the plant back it cuts it all. The nutrients aren't going to dead stuff, to things they're never going to produce. They get to be coalesced in one spot. And then when the growing season happens, they all get to shoot out and boom, you get big, bountiful growth. That's my very city boy analogy of what uh, pruning does. But uh, you can fact check me. But the, the pruning is extremely important in the growth of anything that wants to bear fruit. What is Jesus's promise in this? Any of my disciples who bear fruit, you will be never touched. Good job. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. You, the promise is you will be pruned. Ah, I want to sign up for that one. Right? That doesn't sound sound like, we didn't talk about that in Sunday school. We didn't talk about how God was going to cut me. You know, I will cut you. Uh, <laughs> you will be, uh, the promise of Jesus is that anybody who bears fruit, if anybody is calling people closer to my name, anybody who's bearing fruit in their lives, you will be cut back. I don't know how you know that we're a positive, motivating family here, Jesus, and uh, we, we don't believe in spanking, so I feel like that you shouldn't, um, I'm not, it, Getting on that tangent today, it's okay. But like, but there's the thing. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I did what you're supposed to do, and life's gonna be hard for me. Yeah, I'm about to die for the whole world, so yeah, doing what you're supposed to do can be hard. Oh, huh? My little teenage brains just went right. This is why context really matters. This is why understanding what Jesus is saying. Yeah. You can do the absolute, what you're supposed to do, following God's steps, and it can still be hard. 
We have bought some sort of lie that if we do everything that God wants us to do, it's going to be all sunshine and roses. And that's not the way life works. And that's okay. Because when it's not sunshine and roses and how we conduct ourselves in the pruning is how people notice our lives to go, oh, wow, something's different about that person. If I hit the lottery and everything's perfect and all green lights all the time for me, no one's like, well, Jared's just got it made, whatever. What does it look like when there's mud on his face? Pruning is important to the health of the individual. It is not pleasant. I'm sure, I don't know if the, what, the, what the feeling scale of a, of a vine is, but I'm pretty sure vining's not pleasant for, or pruning's not pleasant for them. Pruning's not pleasant for me. It's not pleasant for you, but it is an honor. You've been fruitful. This is, this happens in churches all the time. People will get on, decide to go all in. They're excited to go all in. Yes, I bought into this. Uh, Yes, I'm going to be fully in for Christ. Here we go. And some amazing things start to happen. And then some bad things start to happen. And they go, well, God must be broken. I'm out. No, 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 you are bearing fruit. And the promise of John chapter 15 is you're pre-pruned. Why? Because I want to be mean and I want to smush you and I want to hurt you and I want to throw you in a fire. No, 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 no. You're pruned so that the next season can be even more explosive. Does that make sense? That's hard to understand. It's like, you're like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but do you really? Because if you're in a season of pruning right now, you're like, I don't like this message at all. This is a terrible message. If you're bearing fruit right now, you're like, whoa, 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 things are going really well. Does that mean things are going to go bad? It doesn't shield you from bad things ever happening to you. That's not what Christ is promising. He promises, I'll walk with you. I'll be there with you because my goal is to, pro- it is to grow you into a fruitful branch. I am the vine. You are the branches. And we're not here about the branches comfort. We're here about the branches bountiful yield. Pruning is so important. It's so uncomfortable. It is. Pruning is, but we have to understand this. Pruning is not a punishment. It is an invitation to explosive growth. Pruning is not a punishment. It is an invitation to explosive growth. So in the storm, in the stuff of life, You're not being punished. It's an invitation to explosive growth. It's a reallocating of resources to be focused in on you so that your bountiful yield can explode onto the scene. Third word I want to talk about is this remain Remain or abide. I just like the word abide. It's fun to say. Abide. He talks about it a lot. Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If abide is this idea of, of sticking with, where in the, the, to understand this is where is home? If I asked you, where's home? And you th- say it's your you know, this, this house or that house, you may have a spot. My, my home is now a parking lot for a Goodwill. Like my house was destroyed, the one I grew up in, and now it's a parking lot for a Goodwill. But when, if I drive by uh, 2224 West Sycamore in 
thank the Lord that it rhymed so I could remember it for a long time. Um, you know, that, like, that's where I grew up, in the parking lot between rallies and Taco Bell. That's my home. If you ask where, I, part of me remains there. I remember the stupid stuff I did in the backyard. I remember the hill that's behind the, the shed that I almost broke every bone in my body jumping my bike a stupid amount of times, right? I remember finding a homeless man's tent in the woods back there and going, ah, he's an ax murderer. He's going to kill me. I don't know if I ever told my parents about that one. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, that's home. And if you think about it, you talk to Perry, you ask him where his home is. It's in the woods in West Michigan. That's where his home is, riding a dirt bike. I don't, where's home? And so when you think about those things, where's home? Where you abide, where you remain, where you are centered. So many, so many of us, we remain in weird places. We remain in places of shame. We remain in places of guilt. We remain in places that we have no business remaining because we are bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And so when it says abide in me, remain in me. I am the one who is sacrificing so that you have a future you have a present. Your past is washed clean. Abiding in me says, whoa, 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 you don't have to deal with that shame and that guilt and that stuff anymore. Remain in me. I am your home now. And when you step inside me, that I am your home, that I am your center, you don't have to deal with that other stuff anymore. Remember, you're grafted. You're cut away from all that junk from who you used to be. You're now in me. All your nutrients, who you are, your sustainability comes from my root system, not some other root system, not in who you were in the 80s, not in who you were when you were a teenager, not who you were when you made all those dumb mistakes. It comes from now. And so this, this call to abide in Jesus is something I think we, we miss because of our individuality, maybe as Americans, just, or just our individuality is, no, 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 I'm not, I, I want to, where's the, you are your own plant and you're responsible for your own stuff. And if you need Jesus, uh, he's kind of like some, some fertilizer and some water on my roots. That's, that's, that's the God I want, right? The one I can order in special order from Lowe's and, 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 and have it come in on Tuesday and I can apply it and everything gets nice and pretty. It's not what we're talking about. Is that we are totally all in the, the vine of Christ and so if we're going to be totally all in the vine of Christ, that's where we get our identity from. That's who we are. So when we get pruned back, we're not going, oh, God, you hurt me. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're just getting closer and closer into God. Getting closer and closer into the root system that supplies our nourishment. This is a, a shift in thinking. And it's vital to who we are and to how we understand spiritual fruit, how we understand what it means to be a Christian, how we understand what it means to, to dive into who God wants us to be. I am the vine, you are the branches. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit and with every branch that does, not, does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That's a very convicting verse for me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Because I like to try to think that I'm my own plant. I can do it myself. I never outgrew that face. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's not what this is about. These are, this message is given to some guys whose world is going to be destroyed in six hours. Everything they know, everything they've, they've, they've planted their life in on Jesus. You, Jesus, he is their retirement plan. He is their work plan. He is their everything. They've sold everything. They've followed him around. They've given up on family. Peter's ditched his wife, apparently, for a couple years. Like, he, like, it's, you know, he's got a mother-in-law, so something's going on there. He, he's done all of that. And Jesus is going to be dead in just a few short hours. And so his download is remain in me. I am your home. Stay with me. And of course, Jesus has victory over death in three days. But in that moment, right? In that moment, in that pain, in that hurt, it, it doesn't feel like, what, what, is it, what does this look like? Into your lives, into who you are, wherever you may be, whatever challenges you're, you're facing, we're supposed to be bearing fruit. And yes, you may be pruned. But also, it's, it's this idea of how do I abide in God? How do I remain in him when things are hard, when things are, are weird? Is my home somewhere else or is my home found in Christ? That is a question you need to ask yourself. Think through, pray through. Really look diligently. Take a self-inventory of who you are and how you're operating. This abiding, this accepting pruning, this bearing fruit can change who you are and the people around you. So the difficulty with being a Christ follower is that we give up the right. We give up the right to choose when and where to be pruned. When we say, Lord, be Lord of my life, he's like, okay, and he gets the shears out. You're like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, you need to get that out of your life. Excuse me? Right? We give up the, ability, the, the authority to choose when and where we get pruned. We give up the authority of when and where we get the blessings we want. When we say we're all in with being a Christ follower... We are giving the pruning shears to God because we want to see the magnificence that he can make us to be. And there may be a season where it looks ugly and it looks weird and your son might come up to you and he's like, are you dead? Nope, just being pruned. But there's going to also be a season. We're in the winter now, but spring is coming. All right? You may be in the winter. You may be in the pruning but the fruit is coming. The growth is coming. We're right on the cusp of that. I feel that for this church right now. Folks, I, 
I want you to get this idea of what it means to, to bear fruit. Not just to be here and not just to look pretty, and, and you all do so pretty. And, uh, <laughs> not just to be pretty, not just to cut off a little things. Oh, that, that stuck out. And I can't show somebody that, that wart and oh, that, that little thing. And oh, you know, I got to put on my Sunday facade. And we just do little pruning of leaves every once in a while. But reality, we're hollow on the inside. And there's no real fruit. We're really good at making pretty leaves, but not anything that lasts and reproduces. That should be a challenge to me and it should be a challenge to you. That in this season, this time, we need to evaluate ourselves to say, how do I step fully into the idea of pruning into who God wants me to be, to bear the fruit that he's called me to be? So we're going to explore that over the next few weeks. I'm really, really excited about that. My challenge and prayer for you today is that you would recognize pruning for what it is, and it's an invitation to a bountiful life. It's not a punishment. It's an invitation to a bountiful life. It's an invitation to a bigger life than you've ever dreamed. Please pray with me. Ben, come on up. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, I ask you to be with us in the pruning, to be with us in the growth, to be with us in the harvest, to walk with us every step of the way. Lord, we need you to be present with us. Lord, today, if I am making my home something other than you, Lord, I ask you to convict me of that, that in my, in my spirit, I will be restless until I make my home in you. That when I take a self-inventory, when I look at myself, when I, when I pray, when I sit down, when I'm eating tacos tonight at the Super Bowl, whatever it is, Lord, that you would convict me that this is not my home. My home is found in you. And that I would shift my, my thinking, shift the way in which I act, shift my self-worth, not into the things that I do, but into whose I am. Let me remain in you, Lord. Show me how to do that, to step fully into that in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.